Good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning. <laughs> good morning, man. We're back. Oh my God. <laughs> I think that's the only appropriate reaction to uh, yesterday's reaction, free agency news. Bro, how much money was spent last night? Billions and billions and billions. Pretty absurd. Um, I'm excited to talk about it. I got a lot of thoughts. Y'all gonna just have to bear with us today because I don't know how long dude, this podcast is gonna last. <laughs> oh, we'll be here for a while. Tune in, you know, grab a drink, get some food because uh, we got a lot to talk about. I mean, I have a whole list. Um, I had a list before free agency started and that just got thrown out. Oh, yeah, got thrown out the window. Teams' budgets, um, potential landing spots, but you know, I'm excited. Uh, 2024 draft. We can talk about that later. This <laughs> this summer, well, this 24 hours remind me of like a couple years ago when like Luau Dang and all those guys were getting money and we were like, what the hell is happening? Oh, yeah, I remember that summer. Timothy Mozgov, Luau. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Two Lakers, but I'm not going to talk about that. <laughs> um, but yeah, man. Holy crap. Um, let me let me pre- let me preface it with this podcast with I'm happy that all these guys got paid and what I'm about to say about some of this stuff is not a reflection of them and their lives. Like I'm happy that they got all the money they get to secure financial wealth for their, for their families. But we're going to get into the shit though. Cause this is a, this is a business and you know, we're, we're in the business of, you know, talking about this stuff. So don't take it personal. This is just what I, what we think. Um, let's start with Kyrie Irving. Mm, My boy. Three years, 126 million going back to the Mavericks. This was an inevitable move. I I feel like, um, there wasn't much of a market for him. And I feel like him with Luca didn't get enough time last year, even though when they played together, they didn't play well. You got to give these things time. And it was just a great combination of money. Lifestyle is, is pretty smooth in, in Dallas. I mean, Kyrie is not the biggest, flashiest guy, so he gets to just chill and play basketball and also just make the, make the most money possible. Um, they couldn't let him walk. They let Jalen Brunson go, so they needed, they needed to make up for that as well. So, and they needed to put somebody next to, to Luka Doncic. So this just made sense to me. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think that was just, you know, the, uh, you know, his, his backup plan the entire time. Um, you know, Dallas had committed to him. So, you know, you knew that they had a vested interest in him. They wanted to bring him back. Um, no state tax in, no state tax in Texas. So, you know, Kyrie is going to get a little bit more money than it had he went elsewhere. Like you said, initially when they traded for him last year, it didn't really gel. The fit, you know, they it was a little experimental phase. You know, it was a, a lot of growing pain. They went from fourth, I think, well, no, sixth in the West. And then, you know, they ultimately went to 10th and didn't even make the play-in. So, um, but I think this organization is going to be committed to Luka and Kyrie. So as far as, you know, bringing in other potential players that fill in the roster, they're going to bring in players that, that, that they like, players that they think that they'll work well with. And I think it'll be a, a better situation as opposed to him, you know, trying to find another landing spot, having to, you know, go through, you know, dealing with the media, the organization, things like that. I think Dallas is always going to be his landing spot. Yeah, but a, a few months ago, that wasn't 
the the sentiments, right? It was, yeah, he's going to the Lakers. He's going to LeBron's games. And he's just like, well, what are y'all talking about? Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. I think he definitely leveraged that. Like going, to, you know, going to the Lakers game, sitting courtside, um, using the media, you know, making videos to, you know, just kind of like leverage it and just heighten his, 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 his demand a little bit and, and, and bring some notoriety to his name and just get him in those discussions again. And right before free agency started, it was like, he's taking meeting with the Suns. And I'm like, what? How? <laughs> I mean, Who that's a, already they, luxury tax by sixty million dollars. Oh, they're they're already close to the double the double tax apron. Like they're yeah, they're, exactly, they're exactly. so. Uh, he would have had to sign for the veteran minimum, so that was never going to happen. He I, there's, there's some things that I think Kyrie is willing to budge on, but taking a forty million dollar pay cut is not one of them. Um, yeah. so. Three years, $126 million. That's about $42 or $41 million a year. So good for him. Uh, made sense. And let's see what the Mavericks do this year. Yeah, I'm just interested to see how it's with the basketball fit. I mean, you got two ball-dominant guards who can score it. Um, they had some really – they had some interesting games last year. They both had that one game where they had 40 points. So I like. I really enjoyed watching them. Jay Kidd will be the coach, is a coach too. So it should be interesting with those dynamics. Um, just seeing how they felt the roster. You know, Christian Wood um, – you know, they're circling his name as far as, you know, potentially going elsewhere. Um, and then, you know, got Tim Hardaway Jr. You know, but the roster is, is, is really is really depleted in the void right now. So we'll see how that uh, they shake out on Dallas. They need a big man really bad. I know your boy Derek Lively is on the roster, but they need they need uh, some veteran uh, a front court mate down there to, to pair with those guys. So we'll yeah. see what we do. I, I don't think uh, Nico... Uh, is down is done down there. So the, the Dallas GM. So we'll see what they do next. Oh yeah, Nico's going to make some make some moves. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see what Dallas does. All right. Next, Fred Van Fleet. Mm. Three That's years. Back to Kyrie. Three years. One hundred and thirty million dollars to Houston. I was completely. Actually, I'll let you go first. I'll let you go first. Go ahead. I was surprised, but then when I was reading about Houston having $60 million in cap space, it was just like, they got to bring in a veteran. Um, you know, they've had some inconsistency at the guard spot. Um, lot, really super young team. Um, you know, just seeing out there, it was the, all the signs reporting to Fred Van Bleet leaving Toronto, getting the bigger bag. Um, again, no state tax in Houston, so it's really desirable to live there and play there. Um, yeah, I knew it was going to happen. No, I wasn't really surprised, but the numbers, like what, you know. <laughs> then again, you look at it. He, Fred Van Vliet's made numerous All Star teams, NBA champion, well liked in the in the locker room as well. So, well, it's only really one All Star. I had to double check that. He only made Ooh, one. one. And to me, I'm looking at them side by side. Fred Van Vliet three for one thirty, and Kyrie three for one twenty six. Something's off there. Like I don't think Fred Van Vliet should be making more than Kyrie Irving. That's one. I understand the position that Houston is in. They need to kind of like slightly overpay guys to play with that roster, that young roster, which is like an unknown and like a firecracker. You don't know which way it's going to go. Yeah, I, I'm I'm opposite of you. I did. I was completely shocked. Mm. I I think with the signing of Jakob Pertl to uh, what do you get four for eight for eighty million dollars. They were going to go really, really hard at trying to get Fred Van Vliet to resign because that's a big commitment for a big man to have yeah, no point. Dollars a year, and you know that's that's just trying to keep the core together, right? Exactly. That, and you don't, and then you don't have a point guard. But they went end up go, going to get Dennis Schroeder, who's good player, but not Fred Van Fleet. 
But yeah. I thought they were going to bring back Fred Van Fleet. They could pay, them, pay him the most money. The core is still there. Gary Trent Jr. opted in. They have OG. They have Spicy P still. Like, I thought the writing was on the wall when I saw that, po- that proto signing. But I was completely wrong. Now, how does he fit in with the Rockets? He's clearly their leader. He's clearly their leader. They will follow him. Um, Jalen Green, Kevin Porter Jr., Jabari Smith. He's going to be the voice in that locker room. He provides them some more shooting, uh, which is which is nice. But this is clearly a money play. He doesn't expect to win. They're not going to win in these three years that he's there. <laughs> so he's yeah, this is definitely rebuild, money, money grab, cash grab. Yeah, and I don't know how – listen, with the second uh, tax apron, I don't know how movable this contract is going to be. So maybe he's thinking like, yeah, I can play here one year, two years, and ask for a trade. But it's going to be very hard with with the teams that are going to be contending probably to move this contract because there's some rules with the second tax apron, which we'll get in later, that you can't just trade Fred Van Fleet for three players or you can't attach a contract to Fred Van Fleet and move it. Like it has to be basically a one-to-one. So like – Happy you got your money for Van Fleet, but you're going to be in basketball irrelevancy for the next three years. <laughs> yeah, honestly, but honestly, I mean, I can see the whole organization shifting. Like Kevin Kevin Porter Jr., I don't think you're going to have that experiment anymore. Um, especially you know without uh, Scott uh, Silas as a coach, so I think they'll go in a new direction. Try to you know add some veteran pieces over there. Um, and just change the direction of the team. It was it was fun seeing the young and gun, but you know the signing of Brett, Fred Van Vliet, Hughes, uh, a new start in Houston. Um, only three years, so maybe in the last year of the deal, you have the option maybe to move them, maybe a one for one. Um, you know, a salary a salary dump swap, um, expiring contract swap. So that's the option you had. I think Houston's fully committed on getting some quality veterans with some of their younger players. Um, They're still in a run for Brook Lopez. I don't think he's gonna. I don't know. I don't know what these players are going to do anymore. But <laughs> you know, I think the world's in their court. Sometimes you have the option of getting more money at one place. Um, you have the option of playing with some of some some of your friends, or you have the option of playing on a competitive team but taking less money. So you know, it's just really the interesting the dynamics of what you want to do, where you're at in your career. Like we were just discussing about how the you know. Um, Fred Van Vliet getting more than Kyrie. Well, Kyrie's had a number of these big contracts, and especially with his, you know, off, you know, off, off the court things, the issues, and other things like that. It's more of about finding an ideal fit, and you know, teams investing in a person, a personality, character, and other things. Because we saw Desmond Bain and another a couple other guys get broke off last night. Oh my God, I, I can't believe it. But <laughs> I can't believe it, man. Like this is crazy, but. Houston Rockets, um, these are your boys. Like, you like watching them. Really do. <laughs> fun, fun young running gun squad. Jalen Green's great to watch. Jabari Smith came on second half of the season. Alfred Sungoon is pretty fun to watch. Um, yeah, I really, really do enjoy watching this team. Um, Ty Eason is another fun young player. So, it'll be interesting to see, you know, how, how this team comes together. Can they take the next step? Especially Jalen mm-hmm. Green. Um, number two overall pick. Can he make that, that big leap until, you know – you know, young superstar status, you know, Anthony Edwards caliber. caliber. I mean, because the, the talent there is the potential is there. I just want to see if he can put it the package together and really make a run. You know, you got to make that all-star team so you can get that max, young young fella. I, I, I'm going to stop you right there. There's no, there's no, <laughs> there's no second step that's going to be taken this year. Oh, wow. gonna, this, this doesn't move the needle. This Fred Van Fleet signing does not move the needle in any way. He 
is not a very he's not a distributor. Like unless he changes his game, I, I listen. I'm not putting a pass for him. Please, he's a good player. Maybe he changes his game and becomes less of a scorer and more of a distributor. But that's not what he's. I don't think that's what he's getting paid for. I just don't see it, and that's fine if I don't see it. We'll see it during during the season. I hope I'm wrong. Uh, maybe they'll move up to the 11th seed. Maybe they. I, I can't see them getting to even to play in action. Like I can't, I can't see it. So, um, clearly money grab to me. But happy he got paid. Second, uh, no, the highest uh, ever contract for undrafted player. He got it out the mud. He deserves it. So salute. Yeah. For, good for you. Hey, take gamble on yourself. Yep. All right, down two. Next, Draymond. Four for a hundred to return to the Warriors. Your immediate thoughts? Um, I, you know, I knew I I pretty much knew he wasn't going anywhere. Um, you know, after you saw um Harrison Barnes get re-signed to the Kings, uh, Trey Lyles, I pretty much knew that he was going to go back. And also, when you watched the uh the tournament, the golf outing the other day, and you saw you know how tight uh Clay, Steph, and uh you know. Uh, Draymond, where you pretty much knew he wasn't going anywhere. I just didn't, you know, the only thing is Golden State with, you know, their contracts already being, you know, through the roof, them being in the luxury tax, it was just like, you know, possibly, possibly letting him walk or, you know, he, he took a little bit less money than he would have if he opted in for that last year, but that would only be one more remaining year. Um, you know, he's a, he's a warrior for life. You know, let's not get it confused. Four-time champion, Olympic, uh, you know, Olympic gold medalist. Um, just got to keep that team together. I mean, you know, this is the new version of Run TMC. Um, you know, great, great team, really fun core. You know, ride together, die together, Warriors for life. Yeah, he. It was never in doubt. Um, once Jordan Poole got moved, it was even more not in doubt. Uh, they were able to get that. They were able to shed some contract um, and also shed some contract in the future with Chris Paul being non guaranteed, partially guaranteed next year. So even Steve, Steve Curry said at the end of the season, there's there's no championship window without exactly. without Draymond Green. He's the heart and soul. He makes everything go. Steph Curry wouldn't be who he is without Draymond Green. Klay Thompson wouldn't be who he is without Draymond Green. And they get to extend their window for another, I think, two three years. I think two three years, and that's it. Like we, <laughs> like I'm sick of the Warriors. <laughs> they got three more years max, and then they're out the door. Yeah, um, I think you know Father Time is catching up with them. Also, their playing style—it's um, it, just hard to find you know pieces that can complement them, that qual- quality pieces that can complement them, and then help them get to that level of, uh, and compete. But I definitely think they'll have you know a window of maybe three, three more years. Um, but at least they get to play it out together. You know, I think that that was one of the big, the cooler things to see. Um, so yeah, and that's big for the fans. Like the fans didn't want to see Draymond go. Like they 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 pay to see Draymond as well. Like let's not get it messed up. Draymond brings the energy to the crowd. They know why he's there. That toughness, they need that amongst the Lightstein crew that they have. So um, <laughs> he, also the crew. he also took a pay cut. So you can tell he's all about the team and he really wanted to come back. Yeah, a team, I mean, took a team, team-friendly deal. He is the heart and soul of the Warrior. I mean, he's a defensive, defensive anchor. He brings it a lot. I mean, I really like seeing guys like him and Looney, just the core players, um, and just get maximize the most out of their potential. You get so enamored with Steph shooting ability, Clay shooting ability, their scoring ability, that you forget that, you know, Kevin Looney's getting 20 rebounds a game playing out of his mind. Draymond is, you know, a triple-double threat every night, potentially just a, just a smart, savvy player. Brings the physicality that they desperately need. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, sick of, I'm, 
of people sleeping on Draymond. I'm, I'm sick of the disrespect he gets saying that, you know, he's a system player and he only does this because he plays with Steph and Clay. Like, bro is an elite passer and an elite defender. Yeah. Don't expect him to score 15 points a game. Don't expect him to score 20 points a game. He does what he does at an elite level, at a Hall of Fame level. He is a future Hall of Famer. And it doesn't really matter if he could do another, another team. He has four championships. It doesn't yeah, really matter. The funny thing is, like, what does he have to prove? Exactly. Like, <laughs> you know, I mean, it got a $100 million contract, you know, had a nice $84 million, $85 million contract before, Olympic gold medalist, four-time NBA champion. You know, I mean, he's respected amongst his peers heavily. You know, it brings a toughness. So it's just like, you know, people are going to talk. As much as Draymond, like, you know, he loves to play the villain. People are going to, you know, not like him, obviously. But you got to respect him. Like, if I went to the – if he went to the freaking – uh, Kings and average 16, 8, and 9, he would get more respect? No, he wouldn't. So no. let's, let's cut that <laughs> out. <laughs> respect, you know, your respect doesn't, isn't, isn't uh, you can't make a deposit at the bank with it. That is true, and I like that. I like, I'm going to steal that one. I'm going to steal that one. Go ahead, take that, my brother. <laughs> All right, man. So next, this is another we knew that was coming. Chris Middleton. Um, Back to the Bucks, three years, one hundred and two million. Originally declined his his player option for forty million dollars, but we knew there was a formality. Um, instead of taking forty million dollars for one year, why wouldn't you sign for two more years to add eighty million more dollars on? Um, so good for him, good deal for both sides. Really trusted by the front office and trusted by Giannis. They really need him for his scoring, his one on one ability as well because they don't have that really with Drew. Uh, Giannis can do it sometimes, obviously, but he's not like going to just break you down and pull up or shoot from three. Uh, so Chris Middleton keeps that dynamic on their team. Hopefully he can stay healthy this year. I think that really hurt them this year, and that's why ultimate injuries are ultimately why they weren't able to go further um, with the heat, with Giannis being hurt. So hopefully he can stay healthy. Um, he's he's on the back half of his, of his career. This could probably be his last run um, to, for a championship, but uh, never was in doubt that he was going back to the books. Yeah, you, you had called this the whole time, uh, even when he had opted out, um, just to get the you know lengthen the deal. Smart move by them. I mean, you know, you get your three-headed monster with Holiday, Giannis, and Middleton. I love his game. He's, I mean, he's great in, you know, great in the mid-range game. Uh, can distribute it well, rebound it as well. Love watching him play. Very skilled player. So, I mean, he's really good off the bounce and create. Uh, they can stagger his minutes with Giannis. Um, so, you know, he's just a really good player. It was, it's been sad to see him injured over the last couple of years in the playoffs. But, I mean, really talented player. You know, got to bring the core back. Um, great fit for him. Um, so, yeah, it was. I, I love that move. I didn't think he'd really go elsewhere when you started looking potentially other suitors or something like that. But when, you know, he did opt out that, you know, it, it was mentioned. Could he go elsewhere? Uh, what's going on with the Bucks? But just a smart move to come back. Yeah, you know, get the additional years on your deal. Um, really good player. Great fit. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, never in doubt there. We don't need to go too much into Chris Middleton. <laughs> not, not to go too much in depth, you know. Not, not yeah. much thought in that one. So, you know, good good value too. So, you know, you retain your guy. You keep the bird rights from a cap standpoint. So, just, you know, love everything about that move. Next up, we can go in depth about with this one. Kyle Kuzma, four years, 102 million. $102 million. That averages out to about 25 and a half per year. Back to the Wizards. This 
was a surprise to me, not because of the number or the like the salary he got, just how quick it happened. Um, I know a lot of teams don't have cap space, but I feel like I felt like it was going to take maybe a couple of days for Kuz to make a decision. But he seems really committed to go back to the Wizards. Um, even last week, Troy Halliburton said that they look like uh, he said that uh, Kyle Kuzma was was looking to go elsewhere. So I thought the the Houston Rockets would make a run at him, and maybe they did. Um, and the Spurs would go at him. He seems like great fits in those two places and a better chance to compete on a higher level. Um, but he chose to go back to the Wizards to play alongside Jordan Poole, and he seems committed to the franchise. He even, even tweeted that he was committed to trying to make this thing work. Um, listen, Kuz, I don't know what you're trying to make work, but I think it's going to be a lot more work than you think, bro. <laughs> <laughs> you, have, you have Jordan Poole, you have Denny Avia, you have uh, who else do they even have? Daniel Gafford, yeah, Kyspert, Ka- uh, Corey Kyspert, Corey Kyspert. Uh, they so, got Jones yeah. from, the, from uh, the Memphis Grizzlies. Was that Tyus Jones? I'm Tyus sorry, Jones. Tyus Jones. Okay, so yeah, I mean, look, the the salary is is a it's a cap friendly salary, twenty five and a half million dollars for a guy who who can rebound, who can score, who's still in his, who's really in the thick of his prime, and might bring some tension to your franchise because you know how he gets with his off-the-court antics. So I'm not mad at the contract. I'm not mad at the years. Um, just thought it would take some more time, and I thought Kuz would kind of play it, like look around the landscape a little bit and see what else he can get. But uh, he's back to the Wizards. Yeah, I mean, I thought he'd take a little time to deliberate and see what options were out there on the market, um, especially from a competitive standpoint. He, you know, he had a number of suitors that were interested in his game. You, you know, you heard the mentions of Houston, potentially the Kings, even a potential re, uh, reuniting with the Lakers. But I think all along he wanted to, you know, he 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 had taken a, a you know a, a decent deal when he with Washington before, and I think this time he just wanted to get the bag. Um, you know, has the familiarity with the front office playing in Washington, but now he gets to be you know the focal one of the focal points of the offense. Gets twenty five per, so I think it's a great fit. I love his game. I love his ability to you know to play the floor, to play the block. He rebounded very well last year. Um, can play the wing too. Clarkwood is one of my favorite players to watch. I, I love the intensity he brings. Um, not you know not short on style too. Um, so I think he I think he played it smartly, and I you know I think he was committed to you know getting that getting that money and getting a rebuild. He has a ring, so the desire to win is not you know necessarily as uh, hungry for a guy who hasn't won. But it's time to cash out. Nine like he like he tweeted nine figures got it out the mud from Flint from Flint. I thought Detroit had a chance at him too, um, because they did have the cap space. I thought he might have potentially wanted to go back home. I'm glad Monte Morris went back home. Uh, went to go went to the Pistons. I uh, would have liked to see both of them in Washington together, two really long-time friends. But, you know, uh, congrats to Kyle for getting paid. Got paid from Flint, Michigan, a product of the Lakers scouting team. Um, I, I, I take pride in being able to say that because we just we just drive really well, and I'm hoping. Yeah. Honestly, you, you did. You do, man. When I watch him at Utah and you watch him now, it's night and day. Yeah, he, he's much more confident. He's really grown, um, was able to really spread his wings outside of the LeBron shadow. So he deserves he deserves his money. I just thought he would take his time and look us elsewhere. But when you know, you know, take my money and run. Once that money was drying up, it's like you know, take it while you be well. Money was drying up quick. Um, that money was drying up real quick. So good for him. Um, is there any player you want to take it to next? Mm. 
any player particularly. I, I probably the one that really surprised me was more so of the number was Jeremy Grant. Jeremy Grant. I knew they had to get him. That's what all the Dame, you know, the Dame rumors. They have to get another, you know, another piece for the Blazers with, you know, they have Anthony Simons locked up. You know, you got Dame potentially. You know, who knows what's gonna happen with that? But five years, sixty million, just seemed very high. Wait, wait, wait. Five years, one sixty. I'm sorry, one sixty. <laughs> um, really talented player. The talent is there. You know, average twenty points a game last year. Can rebound it. Defend very well. Um, good locker room presence, but I was just really, you know, surprised by the number and also the length. I mean, sometimes you see guys, you know, besides Tyree Halliburton, who signed five, you, and, and Desmond Bain, who's sort of younger players, you really see some of these three-year deals, four-year deals where they're potentially, you know, potentially able to move them a little earlier. But five years just really shows your commitment and, and desire to get paid. Listen, listen. Five years, $160 million for Jeremy Grant. I like Jeremy Grant. I really do. But damn. <laughs> bring up the bring truck. What is the vision here? You right. him on the on the roster last year, although it, he missed some games, they missed some games. You didn't even make the playoffs. So, what is the gain by giving him five years, one hundred and sixty million dollars to go along with Dame's contract, to go along with Anthony Simons' Simons' contract, like? You're, you're, you're spending a lot of money for not enough return to me. And not enough production. Like, I mean, you still got use of Nurkic. So now you're in the, in the luxury tax. You didn't make the playoffs. And this, not even essentially, you, you do have the same team. So I'm just a little puzzled right there because they said they wanted to upgrade. I mean, you obviously got the number two pick. So you got Scoop. It'll be interesting to see how, you know, how everything plays out with Dane. But, I mean, damn, you know. I mean, I, I'm interested. Well, I, I wish I had an inside look of, like, who else was offering Jeremy Grant money? Maybe they felt pressured or maybe they were back into a corner to give him that amount of money. And, but at, at some point, this is like the whole Bradley Bill thing. You have yeah. to know when to give in like, and say, listen, we're going this way or we're going this way. We're not going to stay in the middle. And this, right. is a, and this is a move that helps you stay in the middle but also caps you financially, which doesn't make sense. Yeah, this is purgatory. I mean, you're not going up. You're you're just staying pretty stagnant. You're just at this place. So, I mean, from a competitive standpoint, I I, I don't really understand it. But hey, you commit to your guys and you play it out. And now, if let's if Dame asks for if he asks for a trade and he makes that formal trade request, then what do you do? Like, you have Jeremy Grant on your book for nothing for five years, like. I don't understand yeah, you're, it. You're cornerstone, the focal point of your offense now. I mean, yeah, it's just it's very puzzling. So I'm I'm surprised. I would have I could have understood, you know, maybe three years, ninety or something like that. But now you're really committed to him for a long term and a lot of money. Um, and especially when you don't know which direction your franchise is going in. And uh, Zach Lewis said you know, on, on his podcast, like these contracts that are are high today won't be the same high that they are in three, four years because the cap will raise about 10% a year. I don't give a damn about that. Like, value is value to me. You yeah. can't continue to overpay guys because you're scared to lose them. Yeah. There's other ways around it. Like, I mean, you also have to look at Portland being, like, you know, a mid-market team. So they're not going to get too many, too many free agents to come there. So when they get guys, you know, you, you essentially got to lock them in. Bro, you can... There's other ways around it. There's other contracts. 
<laughs> There's more affordable options. There's contract structures that you can work with him on. Like there was no cap space anywhere. So you didn't have to give him that. Like yeah. he, he wasn't going to go to the Spurs. He wasn't go. Maybe he would go to the Rockets. I don't know. But like you had the leverage. You could pay him the most per year. So I just don't know why they went full fledged. Let's give him everything we got. Like, and if they did, why, why wasn't it? Why didn't it take a longer period of time? Like, why in the first few hours you're giving him that contract? Like, yeah, why not? Why not? You know, survey the market and assess what's out there, and then you know have a backup plan. Yeah, I, I wish I was a GM. I really do. I'm pretty sure it's like stressful ass job, but I wish I like one year could be a GM. I would definitely future future goals, man. <laughs> yeah. Okay, that was a good one. Um, like I said, like I said before, we happy all these guys got this money, but this is a business, and we are we have the right to con- con- critique this as a business, and that's all we're doing. Oh yeah, um, we have just great appreciation for the game. So, but we're gonna we're gonna analyze these contracts and player movements. That, that's just what we're gonna do. Yeah. Um, another shocking, shocking number that came out of yesterday: Cam Johnson to the Nets, four years, one hundred and eight million dollars. Am I the only one shocked by this? Did you were you shocked by this? I honestly wasn't. I mean, I was just hearing rumors of ninety and upwards of ninety. Um, you know, he he potentially was going to go to the Pistons with with Lenny Spot. Houston was rumored out there, um, and then so you know, I knew if the Nets wanted to retain him, that I was you know reading that they were they were going to match any offer. So I'm really not surprised. I mean, but when you think about it in comparison to some of the other deals, it, it was really not not that bad. Listen, like if you're going to give Jeremy Grant. 160, you know, you give this guy 108, you know, it's not too bad. But that's why the market is effed up now. It's all effed up. He is a role player. Let's put it that way. Okay. Call it what you want. He is a role player. He's 27 years old, averaged 16 points a game. Now he's making 27, 28 million dollars a year and, and has done nothing. Like, compared to Kyle Kuzma, yes, he played for a final team. He was, a, he was like the fifth option on the final team, sure. Kyle Kuzma was the fourth, fifth option on a championship team, on a championship team as well. He hasn't done half the stuff Kyle Kuzma has. Like, what basis? It, I mean, the Nets are in, a, are in a difficult situation. They're in the high interest market. They are one of the top markets in the NBA. So they, they had to pair them up and they did a lot to um, trade for Mikhail and um, and Cam. So I, I'm really trying to understand like that GM's perspective of having to try to keep players that they traded for and build a competitive team. I really am. But just looking at the number, it's clearly it's clearly a high number for him. And that's all I'm saying. I mean, the, the, the number does stand at you. Um, but I was just reading like in comparison, like he got four years, $108 million. Randall, Julius Randall has a contract of four years, $106 million. Jalen Brunson has a contract of four years, $104 million. Uh, RJ Barrett has a contract of four years, $107 million. So in that standpoint, you are right. He is getting paid in comparison to, you know, two all-stars a little bit more. Um, but I think, you know, with the Nets having his bird rights, the contract, you know, was manageable. Um, they had to, they had to keep some good quality players on that roster alongside Miles Bridges to also entertain any, any other players coming in there. Um, so, you know, I like him. Johnson's gotten better every year as he plays great plays with great energy, both ends of the floor. Um, so, you know, I'm not, not too mad at it, but I, I, the number 
when I when I first heard oh, he was going to get hundred million dollars, I was a little surprised. But good player there, good value. Um, yeah. Yeah, there'll there'll be a, a play maybe a playing team. Who knows? They might not even make the playing team playing uh tournament. Uh I'm not expecting too much from, from Brooklyn this year, uh with Spencer Dinwiddie and Mikhail. Mikhail, I'm expecting to be an all star this year, just going off of what he showed. Um yeah. when he got traded, he's he really showed me some stuff. Uh Nick Claxton expect him to be, you know, energetic and providing that uh frontline defense for them. But other than that, I don't really expect anything from from them. Um, so good luck. No, you know, Dinwiddie too, right? Yeah, they, I said Dinwiddie, yeah. Okay, my bad. Dinwiddie, Dinwiddie played pretty well. Um, he played pretty well last year too. So, you know, and showed me more as a distributor. So I think they have a, a decent core. Um, I think, you know, like you said, they, they should be like fringe playoff team, uh, compete for the play-in. So we'll, we'll see, we'll see how everything shakes out. What, what, what players they add. Um, you know, they lost Joe Harris, one of my favorite shooters in the NBA. Shout out to the shooters. The shooters got paid yesterday too. So it'll be interesting to see what they actually do. Well, Joe Harris doesn't, I don't, Think he remembers how to shoot anymore? Uh, he, it's been that long. He's been that hurt for so long. He, he lost his. I don't know what happened. He lost his touch, but he got shipped to Detroit. They took on his contract for some some pick compensation. So um, that's that. And Spencer Dinwiddie always plays well. That's why he always gets traded. Like every, people want him. He's just he, that's what he does. He plays on that level where it's like he's a good level contract mover like he'll give you a value contract and then you know he's, he's able to move he's able to you know play fill in as a you know uh you know a, a point guard who can you know play the role um not necessarily your long-term option they're not the sexiest option but a guy who's going to be more than serviceable um you can see the same thing is what what toronto did with uh getting dennis schroeder well dennis schroeder is going to be their point guard right like he's going to be their starter he's going to be the starter but for me for a year you know they're going to get they're going to try to upgrade oh yeah for sure you know, same thing with the Nets. You know, you'll have you'll have Spencer Dinwiddie for a, you know a year or two. He'll, he'll fit that role, and then you're going to try to either draft or you're going to try to get some free agency. They got they got a lot of pieces they can move, and they just refuse to move them. Masai is my guy. Like I I don't know what value he's waiting for for OG Ananobi. Yeah, that I mean, a team offered three. I was rumored a team offered three first round picks this year, and I'm like, you know, I love OG Ananobi's game. He's always you know. Physical runs the floor good on both ends. Like another player's gotten better every every year in his career. But I just I I think you have to make a substantial move, especially now that you lost Fred Van Lee. Even prior to it, you kind of had to either trade him um, or make a make a large move. Yeah, they they have a log jam at at the wing position. They have Gary Trent Jr. They have Scotty Barnes. They have OG. They have Spicy. They have pieces that they can move for a guard. Um, I don't know. I have to think about who the guards that they could get are like, there aren't many that I would probably do one-to-one, but there's has to be a package out there somewhere. Um, yeah, but it's- like you said, you know, one-to-one would have been a little difficult, but you think about last year, they could have, you know, went all in, maybe thrown their chips in and, and tried to go get a nice guard, nice wing player. You know, Masai is, 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 is uh, it, you know, always looking to roll the dice. So I'm surprised that they haven't. Um, Cause now it's just like they, they, they held on too long. Yeah. It- you know, yeah, with these new CBA rules, I don't know. It's going to be harder to make trades. They could have got someone for like they could have got like Tyus Jones for cheap, like something like that. But I guess they were waiting till the Fred, the Fred Van Fleet domino kind of fell, and now it's 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 felling, like it's gone. So uh, <laughs> so they can kind of like make a move. Hopefully, I I, I want to see Toronto to keep doing well because I like 
their core guys. I really like Pascal Siakam. I like Gary Trent Jr. So I want to see that team be competitive. One of my yeah, favorite. They're a fun team to watch. Exciting. They, I mean, they obviously needed a big. They, that's what they, they traded back to get Yaka Pertle. They got and resigned him. So it'll be interesting to see what they do. Can they compete? Can they fill out that roster? Um, they got some bench players like Boucher is pretty good. Like you said, they got some good players with young players with Scotty Barnes. So we'll see if they can, you know, compete because it was no, there's no reason they didn't make the playoffs, should have made the playoffs last year. Yeah, they were interesting, interesting team last year. They just couldn't put it together. I feel like yeah. I know some people on their roster were unhappy. I think OG, OG Ananobi came out and said he was a little unhappy or was like very vocal about their struggles. Um, yeah. I think Pascal, you see, obviously Nick Nurse left. Oh, yeah. <laughs> So, you know, and I think Nick Nurk is one of the best in-game coaches in the NBA. I mean, he makes so many adjustments. You see him call so many different sets. Um, I love Nick Nurk. He's probably in my top seven coaches in the league. Um, shout out to him. He's going to have a new start in Philadelphia. Excited to see what they do as well because they they've been a little quiet in free agency. But yeah. Well, let's early. go into, let's go into them. I had them stated for later, but it was a nat- this is a natural uh, segue here. Let's talk about what the, what the Philadelphia 76ers are up to. Very quiet, which isn't a bad thing. There's, you don't have to force a move here, right? Uh, James Harden opted into his $36 million contract, which is, I don't know. I don't know. I just know that that's a good thing for the Sixers. Um, and now they're working with James Harden to, to get a trade going. Um, I don't know what the market is out there. I know that the Knicks and the Clippers are in the lead, but the Clippers having a a way better chance of getting them to the Knicks. I think the Knicks are just like waiting to see if that Clippers thing has any traction. Um, and then Maxi, Maxi decided to delay his uh, rookie year extension to next year, which I don't love for him. But as but it shows that he really is invested in the team's future. He's a team player. So two think two of their top two players have an unknown have an unknown future. I think. Well, I could say Maxi is is known. They, they they're going to make that happen. Their, their second best player is has an unknown future. You don't know what you're gonna come back with there, and they didn't make any signings around the edges. So um, they're they're remaining patient. They don't they're they're not gonna. I know they said Maurice said is he's gonna wait until he find the right deal, but uh, I don't know what that right deal is for for James Harden at this point of his career. He's asked for three trade three trades in like four years. So <laughs> what is what does that look like for him now? Yeah. Yeah, I know. I agree with you, honestly. And then you also have to look at his contract. A team can't even extend him right now. So essentially you're trading for him, you know, just for that one year basis. So um, I don't know what the market is truly going to look like. You hear the Clippers are, are, are rumored. I mean, obviously, I think he'd love to go back home to L.A. to play with Kawhi. Um, you know, Paul George potentially could be in the package. So you don't know what that situation would look like. Um yeah, I, I just it's just very interesting. I think Maxie's going to held out on his contract because he he has a, ch- a chance to make an All Star team, so that gives him you know a little, he'll 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 be able to get an All NBA um, or, or or All NBA, which will give him potential to make more money. So that you know that's you know the potential risk reward there, the risk reward there. But uh, I just I just don't know what Harden you know what what realistically he was thinking, um, especially to come out this late and say it. Had he done it before the draft, prior before assets were really getting moved, I could understand it. But now it's just like. Who's going to want you for a rental for one year with 36, 30, $35.6 million and they don't have the guarantee for any, you know, anything in the future. So it's, it's really like puzzling. Um, yeah. I thought he would have just played it out, signed it for another year, played it out in Philadelphia to see how it came out. He had a 40 point game in, the, in game one of the, of the, of the, uh, of the series against the Celtics. So, you know, the, he, he showed he can play and they won a game without Embiid. He played, you know, well throughout the series. Um, so, you know, at times, so it's just, 
I, I'm just puzzled. Like, what, what do you really want? You know, if you wanted the money, you could have went back to Houston. So I think, you know, James, I think James is in a, in a, in a unique position where um, he's, he's, he's moved around a little bit now. Um, so it's just like, and he's also made some money. So he just doesn't, I think he's just very fluid depending on what, how he feels at the time. I think, I think a couple of things. I don't think there's any way Paul George would be in the deal for, for James Harden. I think that they have Marcus Morris, Norm Powell, Batum. They have some contact. Marcus Morris is now on. He was part of the uh, Wizards deal. Yeah, so they're looking to move him. We know that. So they have enough aggregated contracts where they can move. Robert Covington. uh, They got Norman Powell, Trey Mann. I think that's what we're looking at for a trade for James Harden. And this is the year they have to, like, somebody like the Sixers or the Clippers have to do it because of the, the second apron. And because of the new CBA, there's no way you're going to trade three for one next year. So this would be the year to do it. Maxi, they said that he de- delayed his uh, contract extension to give more cap flexibility, cap flexibility this year. They also have to figure out what they have to do with Tobias Harris. Like Tobias Harris spoke out this week talking about all this, all the fans want to trade him for a crumble cookie. I thought that was really funny. <laughs> And it's like, no, they don't want to trade you for the, a crumble cookie, Tobias Harris. They want to trade you for somebody who wants who fits better. Like, you had the lowest usage rate of your career last year since you were like a rookie. So if the fit's not there, we got to move you if you got that big contract. Yeah, and I mean, was, I mean like, Tobias Harris is an expiring deal next year, so it'll be interesting to see. Maybe even midseason he gets traded. He just stands in the corner now. He plays really good defense. I like him at times, you know. When Embiid is on the bench or Harden was on the bench, I mean, he, he couldn't fill in the role as a scorer. The talent is there. It's just the price tag, which sucks. Um, you know, good player, good quality player. I liked him even at Tennessee. I liked him at Orlando. I liked him at every stop he's been at. But it's just like you're not an elite level player, and a guy who gets paid $39 million, you don't do enough. Let's just be honest. Um, yeah. And, and you, we, where you, you are. we can't keep blaming Doc Rivers for everything. Like, I yeah, get it. Thank you. Thank you. Good point. Doc is – Doc is – Old school coach. He's a stubborn coach and one who's probably not that player friendly this, at this point of his career. Yeah, I think he's pretty stuck on 2008, living in the past. But at some point, you got to look in the mirror, right? Like yeah. Tobias, you were giving opportunities while these guys were out. Um, you, you're, not, you're not that consistent of a scorer, even though you should be like a 21 point, 21 points per game scorer. Yeah. You, let, you let Tyrese Maxey come in and become the third option when you were the clear third option. So there's some things you got to look in the mirror about, and you got to realize that maybe your value is better somewhere else. Like if you get moved, you get to show showcase your skills somewhere else. Like, and I I understand you got to uproot your family and all that stuff, but if it's not working, it's not working, especially in Philly. Okay. Tobias Harris over me? Oh Jesus Christ! <laughs> so I mean, oh, again, I, I, I agree with everything you said, yeah. So you know, we'll, we'll see how that plays out last year of his deal if he gets moved or potentially, you know, how how he fits, you know, um, in their team. Because he's definitely not going to be at, in Philadelphia at that figure next year. So I think that that frees Philadelphia up for, um, you know, a potential trade. Um, and even moving forward, just to add another wing, um, you know, they're going to obviously resign Maxi, add another wing, and to, we'll see who get the, they get what assets they get from this trade from Harden. So I think the sky's the limit for the Philly, but you know, Philly, I know it sucks, but you have to be patient. Yeah, it, it really does suck because I wanted to see it work. It felt like James and and Beard were James and Beard, James and Joel were getting close. It felt like they were building something there. Um, you, I you love took- seeing the tandem, especially after, you know, Embiid won the MVP and just, you know, seeing you know, how tight they were. Um, so, you know, to only have a two-year experiment feels feels kind of, you know, short, short-lived short and, and sad about it. But, 
damn. It's the NBA. And it's James and Harden. Listen, I, I still think there's a possibility, even though it's very low, probably like 5%, that he returns. Maybe Joel and Maxi lock him in a room like they did DeAndre Jordan and say, listen, we got, let's just <laughs> – this <laughs> right because I really yeah. feel like he fits in that roster perfectly and perfectly, uh, ideal. Honestly, passing he averaged twenty one and like eleven or something like that. Like what? Maybe he just doesn't like the city. I, I don't know. But uh, Michael Rubin, little baby, can you lock him in the room? Meek Mill, <laughs> can you do something, please? <laughs> yeah, he needs something. He needs some love, man. Yeah, in the city yeah, of brotherly man. love, so he needs some love. Um, all right. That was a good talk on the Sixers. But moving on. Bruce Brown. Two years, two years, $45 million. Got to the bag. Had a great season with the Denver Nuggets. A great, great, great playoffs with the Nuggets. Like, played out of his mind. Yeah. And got rewarded. He, he had... I mean, his total salary compensation since he's been in the league has been $15 million, and he's going to be plus $30 million in this one contract. So good for him. I am happy to not see him on the Lakers. I did not want him on the Lakers. I started seeing rumors about Bruce Brown to the Lakers. I'm like, no. He was talking all that crap after we lost. He was talking about AD. didn't know what he was doing with Jokic. And he was opening his mouth and stuff. And him and Mike Malone on stage, I didn't want him on the Lakers. I don't care. So I'm glad to see him go to Indiana where he'll become, you know, not on ESPN. He'll not, he won't be on TNT. I won't see him unless I go on league pass and he can have a great career with Tyrese Halliburton. Good job. Yeah. No, I agree with you, man. This is, this, this one was just like, whoa, I was surprised at the number. I mean, I knew he would get, you know, command, you know, maybe that mid-level exception, maybe 20, uh, 12 and a half per year, but to get, uh, Two years, 45 is just a lot. Really good player, though. You love love watching him in the playoffs. I mean, he played so well for Denver. You know, was a utility guy. You can put him in a number of roles, and he, and he plays it so well. So it was great with the Nets, too. Um, I love the confidence he plays with. Like, every night he goes out there looking to play, you know, guard the team's best offensive player, looks to run the court, be involved, make good passes, make good cuts. Um, blue guy. Um, loved him in Denver. Loved him with his role, but you know, get that much money. Congratulations to you to play with Indiana. We'll see what that roster, how that roster feels like. Got a lot of young talent. Um, so, yeah, to, you know, be interesting to see how that shakes out. But glad glad to not see him on a, on a competitive team anymore because he loves talking. Yeah, yeah. Uh, glad to not even see him resign with Denver Nuggets, even though that was probably going to be hard for them to do if somebody's offered him $45 million. But yeah. I, think the, I think the fit on Indiana is weird. I, I really do, even though they got rid of uh, – they traded – I don't want to say get rid of. They traded Chris Duarte to, to the Kings, and that so that opens up that uh, that second guard spot with uh, Buddy Heald and Ben Matherin. So I just think the fit is weird. He's a small guard that is a, special, a defensive specialist for, for sure. Um, is he coming off the bench for that amount of money, or do they go with a small three-guard lineup with uh, – Halliburton, Bruce Brown, and and Buddy like that doesn't that doesn't move me, and I don't know how much that pushes them over the envelope. I forget which uh, standing they they finished in, but doesn't give me playoff team. It doesn't. It's not giving playoff. It's team. Not, not giving me contention. It's not giving me playoff team. They didn't move up. They didn't you know move the needle or anything. Um, 
honestly, I just think it was just, you know, to fill out the salary cap with some good players. Like you, you and you and this is when you know you're definitely overpaid, but you know, it's like yeah. fuck it. You know, why why? Why not? I guess every team, every not every team, every every move doesn't have to be a playoff move. This is just like a yeah, I mean, but this is also the Indiana Pacers. Like, they'll, they'll give TJ McConnell eight million dollars. You know, like they'll, 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 they'll give their guys the money. Yeah, and it's a two year deal, so not not terrible. I'm not mad at it. This is if you're gonna pay somebody like like this, this is how you do it, Portland. Just give yeah. them two years, <laughs> and then he be, after the first year he becomes expiring. That's how you're supposed to do it. Not give them five years. Yeah, no, no, no. We don't. We're not extending him for half a decade. <laughs> but I don't have much on Bruce Brown. He had a good uh, playoffs. Another one who got out of mud. So excited, happy to see him. He was good on the Nets. I'm not sure. I'm not sure why the Nets got rid of him so early, but um, or let him walk. I can't remember which one it was, but um, he lands in Indiana. We'll we'll see how that team is. Um, okay, now I'm really excited about this one. I'm really happy about this one, and I'm glad we got it out the way. Rui Hachimura, three, <laughs> three for fifty-one million dollars, an average of about seventeen, eighteen million dollars. Good value contract for uh, a young player who's really becoming more confident in his game. You can see that uh, he was really letting his 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 game speak in the in the playoffs. Incredible, incredible performances. Um, came on in the middle of the season with us and just made it known that, you know, he wanted to get better and that he was signing to be here. His three-point shot was really falling in the playoffs. He's athletic. He's 6'10", big body, so we can play him at the four. He was playing the five against Jokic and did a pretty good job defensively. So he brings a lot of things for us and was a, a priority for us to come back. So I'm really happy about that. Yeah, that was a great signing, especially a good value signing. Um you know, played very well during the playoffs. Uh, can play a little bit at the five. Really good, strong four. Um, boosters that front line. I think the Lakers really need to get, you know, strengthen that front line. So, you, you you know, you keep a young player who can stretch out, shoot it, play in the pick and roll. Good defender. Um, young player still has a lot of potential on the upside. So, I, I was really – I really like that signing. I thought that was a must a must get for the Lakers. Um, so, that was, you know, that was just a, a good a good home run right there. You couldn't, you know, you couldn't have done that better for the Lakers, especially from a cap figure standpoint. Um, even in the trade with Washington, they retained his bird right. So, even there, you get some flexibility. Um, you get some cost savings. So, and, I, and I've loved Rory since he came out of Gonzaga. I mean, just a really good player, smart, super skilled. I think people don't realize how skilled he is. If you watch his game, I mean, he can really put it on the floor, do some things. Um, big physical guy, really super physical. So, that's a great addition for the Lakers. Um, yeah, I mean, that's home run. Palenka, you did your job. Yeah, he he more did his job with this one because look who we traded him for. Do you even remember the trade? I he, think it was a second round picks, like three second round picks. If I'm not mistaken, se- three second round picks and Kendrick Nunn. So to get wow to get him back for that type of uh, deal, and we got three second round. We were able to get three second round picks from Denver Nuggets in the Thomas Bryant trade. So that was kind of a wash. So it's basically Kendrick Nunn for Rui Hachimura. Like that's that that's the type of stuff that we needed to get done. Early, uh, yeah. early last season, and Plinky got it done. So, and it, we were going to match anything, but it's good that we didn't have to match. Yeah, it's good that you didn't have to like break the bank on this one. Yeah, exactly. So, I'm happy about that. He brings a lot of things for us, and we're not done with the Lakers yet. But that was the first domino. Um, oh, that, we, that we know it was you. We're going to talk Lakers. Oh yeah, yeah, you know it. Um, oh, that brings my next one. Since you already talked about Hot Yaka Purtle, Gay Vincent. Three years, thirty-three million dollars for the for the Lakers. 
gonna let you go first because I'm I might go I might like break my. Heart. I mean, me and you were talking about this a little bit online. Uh, you know, Gabe, Gabe's a really good player. Played well throughout the playoffs. You know, it's part of that heat. So you know, he has that uh, that mentality of competitiveness or too professional. Um, you, you know, I, you're a little bit more. Uh, yeah, you don't sound excited enough for me. You don't sound excited enough for me. No, nah, I mean, it's, you know, it's a good signing. I, you know, I, they definitely needed a better to improve on the guard play, especially on the defensive end. He can really shoot it. Uh, playing alongside LeBron, you know, he'll, he'll, he won't have the ball in his hands as much. Um, I think I think he's, I think he's a good fit. I think he's a good a, a good value. You know, to get him at the price that you got him, he showed he can play. Um, it's not it's not super sexy. Um, you know, he brings everything Dennis Schroeder brings plus shooting. Yeah, that is a massive upgrade in that in in my opinion. Um, as far as like. I, I love Dennis Schroeder. His energy was unmatched. He brought a kind of toughness, especially against the Warriors, that we really needed defensively. But every time we needed him to make a, a shot, it would never go in, bro. Like, every time he was over for three and, like, we were on a 10-0 run and we were still down six, but we needed that three, Gabe Vincent is going to, I believe, have I have the faith that he'll hit that shot. That's what the difference is he brings to me. And to get him at $11 million a year is, is, a, is a steal. We had the uh, tax made level, so he, he took part of that. So it doesn't really hurt us in the cap. So any he, he proved he can defend. He played for one of the best defensive teams in, in the league. So we bring that as well. He's, he's going to play great next to Bron. He can also play make. And who knows what's going to happen with D'Lo? Like, I don't know what's going to happen with D'Lo. I hope we let... The sign and trade D-Lo or, or let him walk, to be honest with you. I'd rather not bring the D-Lo back. So if you have a, a guard uh, a guard duo of Austin Reeves and Gabe Vincent and then Phil Ross in some other ways, I'm pretty happy with that. I mean, those things make some really good points. I agree with you. Um, and I and also think, like, Gabe Vincent has, has, has experienced the finals. He's been a, a tested player, a proven player. He's been a starter before, so it's not like he has to you know, emerge in this new role. So I think from that standpoint, he'll be a little comfortable if he has to do that. Uh, I agree with you on the D'Lo thing. D'Lo, to me, just doesn't really push pace as much. Um, all the Lakers guards got cooked in that Denver series, so it's like defensively, oh, yeah. you, we, we really need, they really need to step it up. Um, but, yeah, I really like this. I like this addition. I think this was a really good value play for a good price tag, um, especially, you know, where positionally with the Lakers. He can shoot it, defend. I think that'll be a good spot for him. Um, so yeah, this is, this was, this was a smart move overall. Yeah. I, I really hope we don't, we don't overdo it with the deal thing. Like we drafted two guards. We, we drafted Hood Shafino, who's going to be on the roster. Uh, D'Angelo got snatched last, uh, series in, against the Denver Nuggets. <laughs> and it, it's not something we need to overdo. Like I understand you want, you want to have the best roster possible, but we, we can we can make some moves. I, I think uh, that can make us better across the front line. I think there's a move that's needed there. Um, as far as like maybe another five, we just signed Jackson Hayes this morning. So I was I was really happy about that. Gives gives I us. Really a like life. Jackson Hayes. You know how much I love Jackson Hayes. Yeah. A big runner, young young guy, with physical. I, I thought you know once Jonas Valanciunas came more involved in uh, New Orleans, you know his role diminished. But I'm excited to see him maybe alongside Anthony Davis to see how he fills in. 
Um, he's going to be the, one of the defensive presences that they really need. And that's why just to add Rory, to keep Rory, to have Anthony Davis, and you have Jackson Hayes, you know, potentially, you know, in that mix of your bigs, maybe you add one more, you'll see through camp or something. I think that really just, you know, bodes well for, for uh, you know, for your defensive presence. Yeah, I didn't realize he was a free agent. Like, I, when I was talking about him to the Mavericks, I, I didn't realize he was a free agent. I thought they would have to have to trade for him. So I don't know if they had to, you know, they could acquire a young center. But yeah, when I was seeing, even when I looked at the rankings of like the draft centers, you know, he was like behind like Thomas Bryant and like a number of guys. Like, whoa, yeah, you know what I mean. So, um, but yeah, I'm you know I'm excited to see him. I'm a big Jackson Hayes fan, man. I love all those UT all those UT bigs. Um, so yeah, it it, it should be fun. Yeah, I think he's going to bring us a live body, which we need. Anthony Davis is not, like, the livest of bodies anymore. He's, he's a supreme defender, but at times, you know, he needs help. Like, it's getting to that point where he needs help, and I think Jackson Hayes is going to be flying everywhere and fouling. Oh, yeah, so using those fouls, banging yeah. on the board. Yeah, I'm excited to see him. I'm really excited to see him play, man. I love watching the game. The physicality brings, and I just love the energy he brings, especially as a young player, man. He's, he's willing to, uh, you know, shake some stuff up. Yeah. I'm I'm happy about that, but game visit. Whoa, breaking news! Well, we got a break. We got a breaking news. Come on, from Shams. What did I just say? To like thirty minutes ago. Third trade. Trailblazer star Damian Lillard has requested a trade out of Portland. The Heat and the Nets are among leading suitors for one of the seventy-five greatest players ever. Wow. Are you kidding me? Uh, surprise! <laughs> surprise! Yeah. Literally breaking news. Wow. Damn. What do you do now, Portland? Oh, my God. I mean, that, that, that changes everything. Um, and this is why you got to give it time. This is why you don't sign a five-year, $160 million deal within the first hours of free agency. Yeah, that was really premature. I mean, I, I I think, you know, initially you thought about that you had to sign him because you knew potentially Dame is going to leave. But that much is just like you can't you can't commit to that much in that length for a player because then that becomes immovable. So but you have to think about who you'll play with, get with him. But I mean, you knew Dame was going to leave, man, whether it be now or next year or midseason. You, so, it, you know, it, 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 at some point you knew Dame was leaving. He wasn't going to stay for him forever. I just think that, you know, when you drafted School Henderson, you knew he was leaving. It rings with the wall. It was imminent. Unless you traded and packaged that pick and you got some players in return and then you were able to sign Jerry and Grant, you knew Dane was out the door. So, you know, there's no, there was no reason to be naive. It just sucks we've had the back and forth for the past all offseason, maybe the past couple, like past year or so. Dame leaves. He's going to duck the grind. He's going to leave. But, you know, I hope he gets in a good landing spot. Um, I honestly think, you know, with the tempted the two potential teams rumored, you know, the Heat and the Nets are two really good fits for him. It just depends because what are you going to give up and will, you know, the Heat, they're, they're tested. They're always going to make the playoffs. Death tax is the Heat. But, you know, what, what's the roster going to look like to a team you go to? What, what are some potential? I'm, like, I'm thinking of trade um, packages for Dame for those two teams because if you give up, it means contract is his contract. If you give up your whole roster for this guy, what is he left with? He's still going to be fine. Like, if you give up Spencer Dinwiddie, like, I don't even know who the Nets have. That, that. Dinwiddie, uh, Finney Smith Jr., maybe you maybe you have to include Cam Johnson or, uh, you know, some first-round picks, Claxton or something, um, or maybe some of the younger guard, the younger players you drafted. It, it, it still just doesn't, you know, it's like you're, you're just tearing up your bench. 
Um, it'll be interesting to see. I, I don't know what trade scenario right now you could package, but boy, it's gonna be interesting. I know who has has a potential package for someone like, like Dame, the Los Angeles Lakers. <laughs> <laughs> you telling me sign and trade D AR Hushafino. No, nah, that's still not enough. That's still not yeah, enough. That's still not enough. Like, that's, still not enough. that's still not enough. Like, even when I look at the Nets, like Nick Claxton, Royce O'Neal, Patty Mills, Dan, uh, oh. Dorian Finney, Spencer Dinwiddie, a couple oh. firsts. Oh. Like, no. Mm. I don't. And then you go to Miami, you get Duncan Robinson, Kyle Lowry, and Hero or something like that. Like, yeah, and some picks. Like, ah, it's not. No. Neither of them is, 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 is overly sexy. I think that's the one you go for, though, right? Like the hero, you get Kyle Lowry's expiring. You take all their picks, and you get Duncan Robinson, who shouldn't be on the books for too much longer. But you get hero, right? Like he's the he's the person in the in the. Yeah, he's a focal point of the trade, but like hero and Anthony Simons, do I want that? Oh, yeah. <laughs> do I want that as my starting backcourt? I personally don't know. I mean, Kyle Lowry's a, a cool piece. He hasn't, you know, expiring. Um, so we'll we'll see how that goes. But overall, I mean, uh, I don't know. I just wish Dame had just stood and done this before the the, dra- the draft. Or here's another option, and I don't know if this is possible, but I'm, my my brain's it's, it's it's going right now. It's it's going. So the Sixers do they flip? Yeah, potential fit. I honestly thought Kyrie was going to enter- entertain the Sixers as well. Yeah, they, they didn't have no money for him. They had no money for him, <laughs> but. If you trade a Maxi or yeah, if you trade a Maxi and Tobias for Damian Lillard, does James Harden say, Hey, I opted in. I'm willing to play with Dame. And you have Dame, James Harden, and freaking Joel Embiid? Holy shit. Yeah, I think Daryl Morey might be able to if, if someone's gonna be able to do this, I think Daryl Morey might be the guy able to just stir and shake this up. I would love to see that, and that would be a great basketball fit. Um I just don't. I, I. I mean, I think honestly, Dame. Dame. Dame has the world in his hands. The NBA world in his hands. Bro, I want to see him on a good team, though. I don't want to see him on the freaking Nets. Like, yeah, I think I want. You definitely want to see him on a team, a competitive, a competitive team. And I think he definitely wants a competitive team because there's no, there's no reason to leave Portland if you're not going to compete. You're not going to compete and be on a contender. So, but the thing, the, the thing is, if you, if you're such a high value player, they trade for you. Do they give up everything and then they have no team? That's just the difficulty. Yeah, it's going to be really difficult. And that's why someone like, like Philly works because yeah. Tobias is an expiring contract. You get Maxi, who's the up and coming star. Him and Scoot take you, take you to the promised land. And Anthony yeah. Simon. Yeah. I don't know what you could do. A couple of random pieces in there, like, you know, add a guy like Corksma, uh, maybe like a Paul Reed, um, depending upon who else, you know, what other assets you want. But yeah. All right, that was fun. I mean, right. I'm, I'm breaking news for our first breaking news during the pod. I'm excited to see what that comes out of that. Oh man, okay. Um, let's let's keep it moving. Speaking of the Heat, Max Struess, four million. I mean, it's not four million. Jesus, four years, sixty-three million dollars in a sign sign trade with the Cleveland Cavaliers. Miami gets a second round pick. Spurs get uh, Chetty Osman and Lamar Stevens in a second. So this was clearly a, a salary move. Max Drews helped them out. 
um, get to move that salary off the Miami Heat book. They couldn't really resign him, but at least they got uh, a second round pick back. They didn't lose him for nothing. Cleveland, eh, you get a shooter that's that's surrounds by surrounded by uh, Darius Garland, um, Spider, and those guys. Is it a needle mover? I don't know, but he is a good fit. I'll give him that. He is a good fit for them, and I think he'll he'll hit a lot of threes playing beside those guys. Yeah, I mean, you know, you know, you know, shooters got shooters get paid. Um, I think it's a good fit. He's a competitor, plays well on both ends, can really light it up playing against Darius Garland. They're gonna be able to space the floor. You got Mobley, you got Jared Allen. So in that pick and roll situation, if he just spots up in the corner, is able to cut slash, he'll be able to do similarly what he did. Uh, in Miami, it's just interesting because you know they gave a guy like Karis LeVert, you know, a two-year, thirty-two million dollar contract, and I love Karis LeVert where they have him coming off the bench in his role. So I think you know they'll be fighting for time there. Um, I think you know they needed to maybe look at a three, maybe a more defensive, uh, defensive-minded wing, a bigger defensive-minded wing. Um, I just yeah, I think that's what they could have used a little bit more. But I, I, I don't mind the signing. Uh, Max Hughes earned his money, uh, you know, from DePaul University. Uh, good player, so we'll, we'll see how that goes. Um, yeah, you know, I was a little surprised at the destination too. Um, to be honest with you, I mean, because this, you know, ultimately, I think they then they have to give up on guys like, you know, Lamar Stevens that they had coming off the bench. Um, who's the other guy that they drafted a couple of years ago? Isaac Okoru. I think yeah. you know, those guys will just you know either be shipped out or won't be on the team. Then they also signed George Niang too. So. Um, yeah, I guess that's yeah. the big we are talking about, the big wing shooter. Not much of a defender, but I think Max Schroes can hold his own defensively. He's not the best oh, yeah, defensively. Yeah, he's, he's, he can play. And then, and then you also have Karis LeVert. But I just wanted like a, a you know, a 6'8 guy who can play, you know, play the wing. So when you, you're going up against those Siakams, when you're going up against some of these bigger threes in the NBA, it's just like, okay, we, we got it. We got somebody. You know, you're going up against those Jason Tatums. Um, so when you're going up against, you know, some of, some of those formidable opponents, you got somebody, uh, nice size, but... Yeah, and I think that's where um, Evan Mobley needs to get bigger and stronger because I think he can be that guy for them. Mm-hmm. Um, about to be that Swiss Army Knight defensively. Obviously, he's all world defensively um, yeah. as far as protecting the paint and stuff like that. But to get that real, that perimeter defense down pack to guards like the mid post. Yeah. So yeah, I don't think- yeah, he can he can he can do it. He just needs to take that next step, which I I have no doubt he can do. Um. Herb Jones returned to the – we don't have to deep dive on Herb Jones. Herb Jones um, returned to the Pelicans, four for 54. Really good story for him. Um, really happy he got paid, supreme defender, somebody that fits in well with all the guys that can score on that team, C.J. McCollum and Brandon Ingram. So he knows how to play his, play his role and really brings that energy defensively. So happy to see him sign back. Um, D. Rose to Memphis, two years, two years, six points like $3 million deal. Happy to see D Rose get to a place where he can play. Um, the Knicks, I know that he wasn't, he was a locker room guy. He wasn't really in their rotation, but in Memphis, he will be in the rotation. And especially for those 25 games where Ja doesn't play. Um, so happy to see him go back to where he played college basketball and really see him, you know, be the voice of that team. And I think that people in that roster will respect him. And they know that he's a no frills guy. You, what you get is what you see, and he'll he'll put on. Yeah, I think that was a great addition. Um, you know, you lost Tyus Jones. You obviously have Ja out for those thirty games. I think this is you know a good you know pl- plug and play. A guy who's a respected veteran, respected around the league. Uh, he'll bring some toughness. He's going to want to be able to compete. 
Um, so I think, and, and also, you know, you have, you know, the, the fluidity between him and Marcus Smart at your, between now, you know, your one, your combo guard, you can slide each other off ball or on ball. So I think this was a good fit. Um, just a great locker room presence to have, even when Ja gets back and a guy, a guy who knows his role, looking to help and contribute to a, a winner, a winning team, uh, and a culture rather than just, you know, um, you know, needing him, demanding, um, he's obviously made a lot of money on the court, off the court. So I think this is, this is an ideal fit. Um, love to see it. I love what he did with the Knicks last year, you know, just being a mentor to Brunson um, and just being, you know, a positive light throughout that locker room in the New York, you know, the rebuild that we've had the last couple of years. Um, so I think this was just, you know, an ideal fit. And I love, I love, I love this signing. I would have loved to see him go back home to Chicago, but, you know, to, to be on a team like Memphis, you can be able to compete um, and be the, be the presence that they need in that locker room. It, it, it's just, it's just a home run. I agree. I agree. Um, I think that was all the player moves that really stood out to me yesterday. Um, and I wanted to go through, like, we can we can go back and forth. The winners of the first few hours of free agency and then some of the losers of, of free agency, starting with uh, the losers. The losers of free agency. Um, as I think through it, one of the losers, as you talk about the Bulls, I think Bulls are one of the clear losers of free agency so far just because of the sheer moves that they're making. They're moving mad. Like, <laughs> you signed... They're, resigning. they're resigning guys and not doing anything new. And you didn't do anything last year. So I'm puzzled. You, you signed Vucevic for, what, two years? No, three years, $60 million deal. So I'm like, $20 million a year you signed Vucevic for. Like, I agree with you. Good value contract for a solid big man. And, it, and it's a movable number. So I'm not mad at that. But you now have Lonzo, Kobe White, and who's the other one? Javon Carter. And also you have AO, AO on the outside looking in. And do you want to resign him? That's like four small guards. Well, Lonzo's pretty big. Three small guards all under contract over $80 million a year. And while I get Lonzo is not going to play next season, you don't just load up contract on small guards. You just don't do that because that's not a recipe that Demar and Levine are not looking to, to have that be a part of their future. So, what yeah. is your what is your goal for this season? What is the what is the goal? Yeah, I mean, yeah, they, they they didn't do anything to you know improve the roster. I love Kobe White. I love Kobe White when he came out of UNC. Uh, I think still think he can shoot. I think he still is a productive guard. I hope that he gets a larger role. I would assume he was a good young player. Um, I don't know what their philosophy is. Um, like you said, they have a lot of small guards. Javon Carter can defend and shoot the three. He was really good in his role with uh, Milwaukee. But you don't want the smaller guard, especially defensively. It, it creates some problems, um, you know, pick and roll situations, ISO situations. So we'll, it'll be interesting to see. I just don't think they did anything um, to improve the roster. I mean, you have two, you have two legitimate all-stars. Um, but you're not improving the roster. You're not improving the guys around them. I mean, you, 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 you're just using the players that you draft. You resign the players that you drafted. Like Pat Williams, you know, is a good role player. You, you know, you resign Andre, uh, Andre Drummond. So it's just like, then you also resign Vucevic, who I liked. Um, but you're not improving. I mean, you made the play in last year, but you committed to all these, you know, high, high salaries with the the Rosen and Levine. But you're, if you're not getting better from a competitive standpoint, what are you doing? And if you're not, we, we hear in the rumor mill that Levine is, you know, look, look, they're looking at the trade landscape for Levine. You got to make the moves. Like, there's no more looking around or make the move for the Rosen. Like, there's no more looking around at this point of it. You had to run. The window was there for two years. Lonzo got hurt. Everything went to shit. But now you're just making moves that are just that don't make sense. Like, 
Ayo, 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 Ayo. I don't, I don't know how to pronounce it. Sorry, buddy. <laughs> um, like this stifles his growth. Like he was a good young pe- a player for them. Somebody that I think has prom had promise. He fit in well with your stars. And now, like, if he, I don't know if he's restricted or not, but if he's unrestricted, why would I come back? Yeah, I mean, they drafted him, so he's going to be restricted, but it's just like, you know, you invested so much in him. Billy Donovan put the ball in his hands, um, and then now you add, this, you know, these other guards. And then, not to mention, they still have uh, your favorite uh, Caruso, too. So it's just like, you have a lot of small guards. Um, <laughs> yeah, so I, I honestly forgot about him for a second, and then it's just like, yeah, I mean, it'll be, it, it, you, like you said, they had their window, and then even with Levine, you signed him to a, over a $200 million contract, and it, and it brings you back to that Bradley Beal situation, because you know the guy is, you're not going to win too much with him, you gave him this big number to keep him, to keep your fan base, to have an exciting young star, and it's just like, after a while, he's going to get tired of this situation. Your organization is going to get tired of it. So, so what do you do? It's going to be a hard contract to move, especially with that new CBA coming up. Um, and, and just knowing, you know, it, 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 what, what, what is his real trade value out there? So it's interesting. Yeah, they're just one of my winners. I got more. I got my losers. I got more losers. <laughs> well, this team is yet to be seen now with the new news. I had Miami as a loser in, the, in free agency. But this is with this freaking Damian Lillard situation. They might end up winners. Like, well, they honestly might. Uh, I thought. I thought Miami just stayed, 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 stayed the course. They knew they were going to lose a lot of their their players. Um, you know, to, you know, they were going to. They couldn't. They couldn't afford them. They, you know, they had spent so much on Duncan Robinson. They had, you know, maxed out I, uh, uh, Bam Adebayo a few years ago. They have Jimmy on the contract, and they went big with Kyle Lowry. So they have a lot on the books. So I wasn't expecting them to be a big player. Now I'm expecting them to lose a lot of their role players. Um. So, you know, I wasn't too upset about that as much as I was with the Raptors, not, you know, keeping Fred VanVleet, uh, not, you know, not even, you know, make any trades, not give up any, use, utilize any of their assets. Um, they were one of my more shocking losers, I would say. Um, they're next to my list, Toronto. So I'm with you on that. I, I feel like Miami are losers, not, be, not because of any moves they did or didn't make. It's just because they were really capped by their financial yeah, situation. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so they they had to lose Struess, who I'm sure they didn't want to lose at all. Like he was a perfect fit for them, so they had to lose him. Yeah. And um, they're looking at ways to shed even more salary. So that's why I had them as a loser. Toronto to lose for Fred Van Fleet to Houston is is a loss. It's a huge loss. You don't have any clear direction. You signed Jacoperto for four years for for some odd reason. Like it's just it's just not giving a winner mentality there. Um, they'll still be competitive. Like they still have their roster intact. I get it. They lost their coach, but um, I just have them a loser in this free agency. That's just with the moves that they that they made, and then uh, losing Fred Van Fleet. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you, man. Same sentiments there. So, um, oh, Dame just said he wants to get traded to Miami. I, I think Miami's been the destination the whole time. You know, you got the no state type tax in Miami. Miami's a great front office, great organization, and it's been the it's been the ideal landing fit. I mean, you have Bam Adebayo, who he went to, he went he played with the Olympic team. They have a good relationship with. He's mentioned it a number of occasions. You got Jimmy Butler, who's just you know a, a, a all world player, comes alive. Um, so I, I think that's an ideal landing spot for him. I, I, I honestly think that'd be the best basketball fit too. Um, so I hope they're able to get it done. I, like again, it just sucks that they had to, you know, who go, you know, the whole snafu back and forth when they should have just done this right before the, the trade, right, right before the draft, and they would have been a lot more easy to facilitate. But I'm also excited to uh, to see to, to, to honestly see Scoot Anderson. So you know, yeah, the the Portland Trailblazers are 
not in a terrible place still. They're only in a terrible place because the value that Dame is going to bring back now is shit. Like, yeah. <laughs> now that he's requested a, a trade and now that he said that he wants to go to Miami specifically, his trade value is, is done. So oh, if they can... I was going to say, but you know what? They could, we could, they could facilitate a three-team deal. They could. That's true. So that is another option, depending upon you know what assets are involved and if another team gets involved. But that's the only saving grace, I think. If somebody's trying to shed some salary, maybe they, they'll give them some. That's true. We'll see what comes out of it. Because I think I think you're gonna need a I think you're gonna need a third I think you're gonna need a third team because I don't think Lowry Hero, um, what other option is gonna get it done? To be honest with you, I don't think. Yeah, I, don't, I just don't think Lowry Hero is gonna be enough. Do they, have, do they have a bunch of picks that they can throw in? Because if they have more than five picks, if they have more than five picks they can throw in, then they might get it done. Yeah, you're um, right. You know, you may be able to give it three or four first. I think Portland's going to want some some value too. Um, you know, but they're definitely know they're they're going to be in a rebuild situation too. Um, so we'll see. And yeah, yeah, it should be interesting to see see how that shakes out. We'll see. And I, and if if I'm the Portland GM, if I'm the Miami GM, no, sorry, if I'm the Philly GM, I'm immediately trying to put Tobias Harris in this trade to make the money work. Like we can facilitate a trade and throw in thirty his thirty nine million dollar expiring to make it work, and maybe we can get something back. So that's the call I will be making if I'm the Philly GM. Yeah. Um. Yeah, man. Thanks. Hopefully to the to Miami Dame Jimmy Butler. And Bam, I'm not. I don't. I don't. I don't hate that. No bench, though. But I, don't I, really, hate I, really, I actually like really love that. <laughs> <laughs> I actually really, really love that from a basketball standpoint. So, all right, for my winners, I just had us as a winner. The Lakers, I had us as a winner. We didn't do nothing stupid. Right. Um, we got some good value contracts back. We got some good shooting around LeBron and. If we resign D'Lo, I will immediately uh, immediately make us losers. So um, that was that's going to happen. And then my other one I had is Rich Paul. Oh, Rich Paul, my boy, Rich Paul. <laughs> Ninety million dollars in contract signed in a couple hours. My goodness, this guy. And it's not just him. Like I, I know he's the face, but he has a team of agents um, that that represent these players. But to have that structure in place to know, like. What players? What kind of players you want to have? Players that are going to be successful. Players that are talented to have that foresight and to be able to close these deals with all the player empowerment stuff going on is a testament of uh, how he structures his organization, how he uh, is prepared and for these contract negotiations. And I'm just happy for him. Yeah, I mean, yeah, just speaking on Rich Paul and Clutch Sports, I mean, they, they've been able to build, you know, a, a great agency within the last five or six years, even this year when they were able to acquire elite uh, athlete management on the football side. So, you know, that was big. You know, they have a, a, a great a, a plethora of really good agents and a really good team. Um, and, yeah, him able to get these, you know, you know, these player contracts, you know, early on in free agency and to negotiate some of these deals has been really good. You know, you've seen him, you know, Draymond's deal, um, you've seen them, you know, a number of players he's been able to do. So they've been a, a, a winner in this free agency. Uh, obviously, the Lakers, I love every move they make. We didn't even talk about Torrey and Prince, but I think that's just a really good addition to the wing. Uh, can shoot it, defend, um, a really good pickup. I really like that move. Um, I think they were one of the winners I had. 
Um, another winner I had, honestly, because I think, it, you know, it was, a, it was a trade early on, a little bit before every agency, but it was just a really good pickup, I think. Um, Christoph Porzingis getting to the Celtics, I think that just really bolsters their roster so much. Mm. Um, I think that was just a really smart play. You know, the, he's long, can defend it, can shoot it, good in the pick and roll. I think him and Horford would be good front line. You still have Robert Williams. Um, I mean, I don't you know, done give up too, too much. I, I, and I, I really like that. And then they also are able to extend him, so he's got two years now, uh, sixty million. So you know you get an extra year. So I think I think I, I'm I really like that what the Celtics were able to do. And I don't think they're done. I think that they need uh, a service, another service point guard. Um, yeah. So I, I think they'd be in the, in the market for that. Yeah, I mean, um, I love I love Derek White. I love um, I love Malcolm Brogdon, but I think they could use one more. Um, I think it would be one more, you know, nice quick guard to, you know, mix up the pace and tempo. But I honestly think that, you know, what they did, you know, was, was, was some, some smart moves. Um, I like what Cleveland did, um, you know, getting Shrews, getting some shooters, getting the shooting in Shrews, um, re-signing Karis LeVert, and then um, getting, what's my guy's name from, uh, that we talked about? Uh, it was uh, from the Sixers, who can shoot it. George oh, Nian. Yeah, so, you know, I like what they did, too. Um, so I think that was that was a good play. So I like I, I like what they did overall. Yeah, what was just tweeted again? The Heat, Clippers, and Sixers are three teams that will have interest in exploring trades for Lillard. So Clippers always got their hand in the mix. I really hate them so much. They like they're just always there. The Sixers we we, we talked about <laughs> what kind of trade packages and the Heat we talked about. So nothing nothing crazy there. But I, I'm excited to see how this these, this news comes out because. Uh, yeah. It should, be, it should be big. Honestly, I would expect the Raptors to be in play too, but uh, you know, they, I don't know if they'll ever give up with OG and Tenobi or any of their other players. No, nah, they would need Scoot in that deal. Like they would need Scoot and Dame for uh, OG and Tenobi. So <laughs> <laughs> to be able to get, get a deal done, even to even be considered. <laughs> that, and then they would probably like freaking say no. Like my side is crazy. Yeah. My side is crazy. Yeah. But um. That's all I had, bro. Like, I, that's that's really all I had. Um, it was fun night. We were texting last night. We were like, "What the hell is happening?" And the Knicks are staying staying low below the radar. They got all these. Kids. That, you know, I like our core. I like our team. Don't do anything. It's no reason. Yeah. No reason. To jump off. Jump off the bridge. You I like that. I mean? Even for James Harden, you don't think you guys should get James? But from a playing standpoint, from what I saw from Brunson, I don't want to take the ball out of his hands. Um, I love I love Harden's game. I just think where we're at as a, as a team, the core, the depth we have, like no, like even now, Emmanuel Quigley he he, he wants a nine figure deal, and it's just like no, like and he was you know a good a good role player was you know in the mix for uh, six man of the year. So I don't even necessarily want to bring him back if it's if it's you know more than fifteen million dollars a year. I just love our core. I love the depth we have. Um, you know what I'm saying? I'm still waiting to see Fournier, Fournier, Evan Fournier get moved. So I, I still think we have a number of things that could happen from our team standpoint. But to to take away from, you know, some of our, our core players, no, nah, I'm not doing it right now. Especially especially even Harden. I love Harden. But you're, you, I'm not taking the ball out of Brunson's hands for anybody. Um, I think I, I would entertain whoa, whoa. the notion of Paul George. Um, even though I would not want to give up Randall. I don't know I don't know what package we could come together without giving up Randall. Maybe RJ Grimes. Fournier and some picks or something like that, maybe even topping. But I, I honestly, I, I like what we have. I think we're building on it to 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 win a series was so big for me. Um, it was like almost like angels in the outfield. Like I, I really got faith in my team again. So all right, Nick's Nick's. You going Nick's crazy now? All right, we got it. 
I know you had to too, man. Like you guys being the Warriors, you guys also being the Grizzlies. I I know you had to like you know not like love what the season's outcome, but you had to like you could hold your head up high up high. Yeah, definitely. Man. Except for the sweet part, like I didn't I didn't oh, love the sweet part. I think we sh- we we were in, we were in every game. Um, and I, we should have won at least one game, but. I'm happy with the moves we're making. I think Knicks are doing the right thing, standing packed with their assets. They have a ton of picks and good players. Obi Toppin seems like he's on his way to Indiana, maybe. So we'll see what happens there. So I mean, I would love to see him get in a larger role. I think, you know, the talent's there. He's, he's you know, improved his shooting. The athleticism is off the charts. So I'd love to see him in a, in a bigger role. I love how he comes in off the bench with the Knicks. Um, so I would love to see him, you know, potentially to, you know, play in a position where he could earn a, a big payday after this year. But, I mean... Hey, you know, everybody has these grandiose desires and, and, and they don't appreciate what they have. I think being in New York, playing at home, too, has been really good for him and, and comforting. So but we'll, we'll see how that goes. All right, man. Until next week, man, this was fun. Um, yeah. Great, great as always. You know, it was great. To, great to talk, you know, free agency, trade rumors, break the news with Dame. This was great. Another great Saturday. Yeah, I We'll see. The free agency is over. It's been like 12 hours, like not even. So We're at the tip of the iceberg, but, you know, it's already a lot going on. Yeah, man. Um, thanks for listening to the Beyond the Numbers podcast. Uh, we'll see you next week. Appreciate it. Yeah. All right, man. Later.